Okay, so I talk a lot about story structure, plot points, all that kind of stuff, outlining. And my question is, do you ever worry that if you use those kinds of things, your stories might be formulaic? Well, what if I told you you're right? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yes, you heard that right. But here's the thing. All stories have the potential to be formulaic if we're not careful. That doesn't mean they necessarily are, but they can be. So today I'm going to give you four ways to prevent your story structure from being formulaic. Okay, stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Okay, so I do know a little something about this, and I'm just going to kind of take you back to a few years ago. I gave a presentation at, I believe it was the League of Utah Writers Conference. I'm in Utah, so League of Utah Writers. And I basically presented my 10 plot point structure, uh, which, by the way, if you don't have, you can get a PDF copy. I'll make sure and uh, link that up in the show notes. Um, Anyway, back then it was the nine plot points. I've since changed them up a little bit and they're now 10. But the presentation went really well. I had, I mean, the room was packed and I had a lot of questions. And afterward, I kept having people come up to me and tell me what a great presentation it was. And that, you know, afterward, they'd run up to their hotel room and checked out their current story to make sure they had them all. And, you know, just things like that. It was really fun to see people get so excited about them and to be able to just, you know, geek out about story with other writers, which is obviously what I love to do. Um, The next day, though, I went to another presentation. So this was a conference where, I I guess most conferences are this way, there's like five or six presenters every single hour, and so there's just workshops, and you have to kind of pick which one you want to go to, and it sucks when there's two of them that you want to listen to at the same time. But anyway, um, so I went to a workshop put on by another writer the next day, and he was actually very anti-plot point, and he wasn't like mean or nasty about it, but I could tell, (laughs) I could tell I was making him nervous because he knew that I had given that presentation and I was listening to him and he was basically, basically kind of bashing plot points. But what he said is that if you use plot points to plan your story, you very easily could write to a cliche. Now, at the time I kind of railed against that in my mind. I was like, no, I don't think that. But I thought about it afterward and have thought about it a lot over the years. And I think he's right that that possibility is there. And the reason for that is that we are all basically lazy. (laughs) And I don't mean that to be harsh. I mean, that's just part of the human condition. Our brain, we know that this is biologically true. Our brain will always take the path of the least resistance. So if we start out with plot points in mind, 
and then just write down the first easiest things thing that comes to mind to fill in that plot point, then yeah, there's a very good chance that our story is going to be pretty lackluster. You know, it's not going to be all that interesting. So that's what I mean when I say if you use plot points and outlining, which is like my bread and butter, like it's what I teach. But if you do that, there is a possibility of writing to a cliche. There's a, a heavy possibility of making your story formulaic in a bad way. But that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, because it certainly doesn't have to be that way. It's just about the work that you put into your writing. So here's the thing. Following story structure or plot points or whatever you want to call them is not what makes a story formulaic. And maybe we need to get some definitions going here. What exactly does formulaic mean? It basically means cliche or predictable in a bad way. So I've been interested in mystery my whole life. I used to, I, growing up, I read mysteries, right? Uh, I still read mysteries and, and watch true crime and write mysteries, right? <clears throat> When I was really little, I used to read The Boxcar Children, and I loved it. And then eventually I, you know, got a little older and graduated to Nancy Drew. Read a lot of Nancy Drew mysteries. Then eventually I graduated to, you know, Mary Higgins Clark. I mean, it was just, you know, my growth as a reader and as someone who loved mysteries. But here's the thing. Part of the reason I could tell that I needed to graduate was because I started to be able to pick up on the story structure. And of course, I wouldn't have called it that, that back then. I was like in the sixth grade. I wouldn't have been able to verbalize that at all. But what I knew is that I had read so many Nancy Drew stories by then is that I could kind of see the way they put the mystery together and figure things out way before I was supposed to. So they would have some really innocuous, random side character show up in chapter two to do something, and I'd be like, I bet it's them. And then sure enough, at the end of the story, it was them. And it was their way of introducing the villain, putting them in plain sight, but not telling you they were the villain. And so I just got to the point where, you know, certainly most people, little kids who are reading Nancy Drew didn't do that, but it was just time for me to graduate. But my point is that would be an example of being too predictable, okay? When people can figure out where your story is going, like the entire thing by chapter two, and then the rest of the story is just a snooze for them, that's formulaic, okay? That's predictable. Now, keep in mind that I have talked extensively about how there are some parts of story that need to be predictable. Our readers, our brains want to look for patterns, and they want to be able to, at least to some extent, predict not necessarily the details of where the story or the plot is going, but they want to be able to kind of predict the structure on an unconscious level. So if you completely disregard story structure and the human template that you know readers are looking for when they're trying to absorb or experience story, that's when it's going to feel like your story went off the rails, that it's just completely chaotic and non-cohesive and your reader will hate your story. So that's why story structure is important. But you see, it becomes this balancing act, right? There's definitely an art to it. It's not just a plug and chug formula because you need to be predictable within reason in order to make the reader connect with your story, but you need to be unpredictable within reason so that they don't get bored and decide that your story is formulaic, right? It is. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult balance and it takes art and it takes experience to get it right, okay? Um, so again, I'm going to say it one more time. <clears throat> Following the story structure or the plot points or the outline or whatever you want to call it is not what makes a story formulaic. So what does? Some answers include cliches, lazy writing, 
Lack of emotion, that's a big one. You have to make sure that you are conveying the emotion in order to really get the reader invested in what you're writing. Um, Lack of character transformation definitely is one, okay? If the story and the characters are not dynamic. Okay, all of those things can contribute to a story being formulaic. And, you know, as writers, we're all going to be formulaic in our own ways. So it's just going to depend. We're not going to have all of these. We might have one or two. Um, But the point is, it's not the structure. So let me prove this to you a little further. Does every story that follows a given structure, um, let's pick one, let's say like the hero's journey. Does every story that follows the hero's journey end up being considered cliche, predictable, or formulaic? The answer is no. I mean, some of the most successful stories in history follow the hero's journey to a T. I mean, Star Wars is one of them. And George Lucas has said that he used that to build the story. And if you go through the hero's journey in detail, every single detail is in the original Star Wars trilogy, okay? That was one of the most successful stories of all time. And the thing, I would even submit that those really successful stories are what made the hero's journey eventually seem cliche because people liked them so much. And then there were a million spin-offs and a million copycats and it completely inundated our culture. And then people started saying the hero's journey was cliche, but it's not the hero's journey. It was just the inundation of this really popular story. Okay. So obviously it can't be the structure that makes something formulaic. The structure actually makes things succeed in a big way. So what does then? Well, it's like what I said, it's all these other things. So today I'm gonna give you basically four ways, four pointers, if you will, in order to help prevent your story from seeming formulaic to your readers, okay? So grab your pen and paper, you're gonna wanna write these down. Number one, as a writer, you need to understand every part of story structure. I know that sounds like a bit of a tall order, but it's like anything else. If you really want to understand how something works and be really an expert on whatever it is, you have to know every part of it and how it functions, okay? So have you ever met someone who they just clearly know what they're doing? Like I'm even thinking about, um, you know, like, like maybe maintenance. I actually had a maintenance guy that worked for me um, at the at the motel I was running and he just knew everything about how everything worked. I mean, he could walk into a room where every single thing in that room was broken and it would come out fixed and he could look at it or tinker with it for about 30 seconds and be like, oh, this is the problem and this is how you fix it. This is what we need. Go get it. I'll have it fixed in 15 minutes. Okay. He had so much experience and he knew so well how things were put together and how things worked that he could just figure it out really, really quickly. Okay. And that made him an expert at what he did. It made him really good at it so he could fix anything. Okay, guys, that's how you need to be about story structure. If you really want to succeed as an author, you need to understand what story structure is, what it looks like, why the different parts of it appeal to the audience. You have to really master the trifecta of plot, characters, and theme. Um, You know, you will, the other thing is you will get to the point where you do it automatically. So let me think of an example for this. Um, Let's say it's a math thing, okay? We'll go back to me working at the motel. If someone were to tell me that, you know, last night in a single day, we made uh, $30,000 in cash, I would immediately know that that was not true and that something was a little bit off there. Uh, Why would I know that? I really don't have to run the numbers. And part of it is just knowing 
you know, my motel. We only have 125 rooms. On average, it's about $80 a night. Uh, you know, sometimes if things are really busy, there's a, a big event in town, it might go up to 100 or 110 But the point is, I don't have to run the numbers because I know <laughs> that 125 rooms at $80 does not equal $20,000 or what did I say, $30,000 in cash, whatever it, whatever it was. I just know that it's not possible to make that. Now, I don't have to sit down with a paper and pen and do long division to figure that out. I learned math as a child, and I just know that the numbers there are not going to add up. Okay, so this is what we do when we learn something. We don't necessarily have to sit down and figure everything out. We certainly can if we want to know the details, but we don't need to. It's just automatically in our brains, we'll go, no, 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 that doesn't work. Okay, and that's what you need to have with story structure. Once you get to that point, you won't have to sit down and rack your brain and make yourself crazy about what happens next in your story. You're gonna still, you know, have some decisions to make and you're still creating your story, of course, but you'll inherently know what works and what doesn't work. You'll automatically know when something is not going to appeal to the audience or when something needs to be fixed. And if you can do that, your story will never be formulaic because you will always know when it's working and when it's not working. But you have to become an expert at story structure in order to do that. And then there's, you know, the thing that everyone says about how you have to know the rules inside and out in order to break them. By all means, break them, bend them, you know, change the details, make them your own, deviate from the normal story structure. I don't mind that. But in order to do it in a way that will work for the audience, you first have to understand the structure and why it works, okay? So I'm not saying you can't deviate from an outline or deviate from the hero's journey or whatever structure we're talking about. I'm saying you have to know how to do it in a way that will work. And if you're in the, you know, the stage of your author journey where you really have no idea if what you're writing is working and you have to run it past others in order to figure that out. That's not a bad thing by any means. And I 100% encourage you to do that. I mean, I still do that, right? I have a group that we all read each other's stuff, but you should get to a point where you know pretty well that at least structure wise, the story is going to work for the audience. So you, you will, the, the more you do it, the more experience you get, you'll get there. But again, to keep your story from being formulaic, you need to understand every part of story structure, what it is, what it looks like, why it works, why it appeals to the audience, okay? Number two, understand the difference between genre conventions, or you might call them genre expectations, and genre cliches, okay? So uh, <laughs> let's, let's, I think I've told this story before. Um, I once, my, I was with one of my sisters and there was some show that was coming out. I don't even remember if it was a movie or a TV series. And she was excited about it. She thought it looked interesting. And so she wanted me to watch the trailer for it. And I did. And it was just so very clearly a ripoff of Twilight. And I sort of blurted that out when I was watching it. I was like, oh, they ripped off Twilight. And she was shocked. And then she was like, oh, you're, you're, you're kind of right. I didn't even notice that. And what it was basically was... Um, so many there were so and there were so many of these I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys this after after the success of Twilight there were so many stories that came out where they did the exact same thing but often just with a different paranormal power or creature right so they in this one I was watching it was something where there was a human girl there was the paranormal creature that was the the guy and she almost died you know some big accident but he saved her and that showed his power right Exactly like Twilight, just different. So I would say that the difference between genre conventions and genre cliches is really showcased here. 
every story needs an inciting incident. That's going to be a genre convention, right? Every romance needs the two characters to meet, what they call a meet-cute sometimes. Okay, that's a genre convention. But taking something that was really successful, like Twilight, changing the names and changing the paranormal character and otherwise copying the plot exactly, that would be a cliche, right? <laughs> so you got to understand the difference there. You And, and you, you know, sometimes it really is a nuanced difference. I mean, that's a pretty obvious example, but they're not always obvious. So you need to study your genre. You need to study story structure, which we already went over, and you need to learn the difference between conventions or genre expectations, which you have to have, or the reader is going to be pissed at you, and genre cliches, which will make your story formulaic, okay? It takes study, guys. It takes work. Takes, but you know what? I'm also giving you permission to read. Just go read widely in your genre, and while you're reading, analyze what you're reading and say, okay, is that a convention or is that a cliche? Did the did the author do this really well, or could that have been done better? And you know, we're all gonna do that. <laughs> I could have done that better. You know, we, we, don't lie. We all do that when we're reading, right? Um, okay, so those are the first two. Number three. Um, embrace the emotional expectations of humans. This basically is my way of saying you need to embrace the outline to a certain extent, but not necessarily the outline for the plot, the outline for the internal. You have to understand why people read books. Yes, it is for entertainment, but it's more than that. They read it in order to feel hope. They read it in order to feel emotions, I would say. If you're creating an emotion, that's good. They read to live vicariously through these characters. But more than any of those, the number one thing they read for is to feel hope. And how you can tell this is that even the darkest, scariest, most horror-filled or tragic books, they tend to end on a note of hope. Even if the story ends tragically and not maybe the way the reader wanted because, you know, somebody died at the end or something, you still end on a note of resonance of the characters being able to move on, of the characters learning something from that. And human beings need that. So you have to understand the emotional expectation of human beings in general and why they read books and really embrace that. Now, this might be surprising to you if you aren't a horror reader or you're not into the horror genre, but believe it or not, even though it is the darkest and most disturbing genre, horror does tend to be the most hopeful. And yeah, like I said, if if you don't know anything about horror, you, you might be surprised by that or you might think that's not true, but it's just because the darker the place you take your character to, the farther they have to go to claw their way back to the light. So there tends to be a great deal of hope after the darkness in horror. And I just want you to sit and really, you know, think about that. And even if you don't write horror, I mean, I I write mystery, I write some serial killer that has elements of horror, but even if you don't, even if you write romantic comedies or something, just really think about that and how your genre communicate some sort of hope based on the genre expectations and embrace that, okay? The perfect example really is romance as a genre because if you're gonna write romance, you have to embrace the fact that the only thing the audience wants is that happily ever after. And if you don't want to do that, then you shouldn't be writing romance, right? You, You can still write, just don't call it romance. So just embrace the emotional expectations of your audience. You will be much, much more successful if you do that. And you will keep your story from being formulaic. All right, and number four, last one. 
Use creative discovery to explore your unique story. Now you're probably asking, what is creative discovery? It is the discovery, creative discovery of your story through meditation, including structured journaling. So basically this is what I teach you to do in my program, which we'll be releasing soon. Um, Did you know that journaling is a form of meditation? I don't know if everybody realizes that. Everyone thinks of meditation as, you know, crossing your legs and resting the backs of of your hands on your knees and doing the OM thing. And it certainly can be that. That's one form of meditation. But journaling actually is a form of meditation because people don't realize this, but it actually taps into your subconscious mind. That's why when people start journaling over things, they start having all sorts of epiphanies and kind of magical things start happening and they start realizing things about themselves that they didn't realize before. Okay. It's because it's tapping, tapping into your subconscious mind. So what I do is I teach you how to use that in order to discover your story. And the, just like with journaling on anything else, if you've ever had positive experiences with journaling, you can do that with your story. I mean, the amount of ahas and the things you will come up with and the amazing places you can go with your stories just by using structured journaling is just mind-blowing. So that is something that I think you need to do. And if you do that, you will not write to a cliche because you will literally be tapping into your own unique, creative, subconscious mind and figuring out your story that way. So it it always reminds me of something um, I learned way back in college when you get into Renaissance art. Very often, the artists back then, whether they were painters or especially sculptors, would talk about how they didn't sculpt something from the marble. The sculpture was already there. They were just freeing it. They were just chiseling away the excess, right? And even Ralph Waldo, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who is one of my favorite early American writers, he used to talk about, um, he called it the universal man. That's just what they called it back then. But it's basically like this creative font that everybody taps into and it is the source of inspiration, right? And you can call it whatever you want. You can believe it is whatever you want. But I believe that through any form of meditation, whether it's journaling or something else, you're really tapping in to your own unique creativity and inspiration, okay? So that means that your story, even if it follows a certain structure, is not going to be like anyone else's. It's going to be creativity based on you, based on your thoughts, your feelings, your life experiences, your spirit, right? So if you can do that one thing, and I'm I'm making it sound like, oh, just do it, it's not a big deal. I mean, it, it takes practice, it takes work. But if you can do that one thing, your story will never be formulaic because it will be your story, uniquely yours. And it will not be you, like I said before, taking the plot of a really popular and, um, successful story like Star Wars or Twilight and then changing the names and plugging and chugging. Okay, it's it's not that. You're, you're going so much deeper with your story. It becomes much more spiritual when you do it this way. And that, by definition, will keep your story from ever being formulaic, right? Because it will be unique to you. So let's go over these four things one more time. Recap. If you want to keep your story from feeling formulaic to your readers, number one, you need to understand every part of story structure, meaning what it is, what it looks like, why it appeals to the audience, so that you can craft any story, even if you deviate from the structure, and it will still work and you will know that it works, right? Number two, understand the difference between genre conventions and genre cliches. Make sure you're doing the one, the conventions or the expectations, and not doing the other. Stay away from the cliches. Uh, Embrace the emotional expectations of your human readers. (laughs) 
They read stories for hope. They read them to see people overcome. Um, even if you write something that is tragic or you know really dark, even so, you need some resilience in order for humans to really connect with it. So embrace that, embrace what it looks like for your genre, and you will be a lot more successful that way. And number four, use creative discovery, including structured journal prompts, to explore your unique story, to, type, to tap into your unique fount of creativity and inspiration. If you do all of these things, I guarantee you will never have a problem with people saying your story is formulaic. And incidentally, it is what I'm going to be teaching in my course. Now about my course, I was, I've really been trying hard to get it out by the end of the year. And I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I'm finishing up a, a novel. I actually do write my own novel still. Um, that's taking a lot longer than I thought it would. And if we get into, you know, November, December, then I'm probably just going to push the launch into the new year. So um, I will let you know as, you know, give you some updates as we go along. But chances are the launch isn't going to be until January. I kind of came to realize that over the last week or so. But if you are interested in what I teach at all, that I do have uh, an early interest list. You can put your name on that list. And all it means is that I will send you more information as soon as I know more and as soon as the um, course becomes available. Um, so I will link that up in the show notes as well if you want to put your name on that. All right. That is what I have for today. Go forth and write non-formulaic, perfectly wonderful, unique, and brilliant stories. And I will see you back here next time. Same time, same place. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.